These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sword, still we are the voice in the desert crying, preparing the way of the Lord. Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, and the trumpets call, lift your voice, it's the year of Jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. And these are the days of Ezekiel. The dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant David, rebuilding a temple of praise. And these are the days of the harvest. The fields are as white in your world. And we are the laborers in your Declaring the word of the Lord Behold he comes Riding on the clouds Shining like the sun At the trumpet call Lift your voice It's a year of jubilee And out of Zion's hill Salvation comes There is no God like Jehovah. 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 Behold, he comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun at the trumpet call. It's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, so lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Worship team, you may be seated. Welcome here this morning. It's great to have you. My name is Brett. Caleb, is this on? Yeah? Oh, good. I can't hear anything, so 
Perfect. Sorry, my name is Brett. Welcome here. It's great to have you. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, we're looking forward to worshiping with you guys this morning. Uh, it's going to be a, a great time together, a great service. We'll be celebrating communion a little later in the service. I have a guest speaker here. Darren Blankens here. Uh, we're looking forward to having him share and, and to speak uh, this morning. Uh, as we move forward, I just want to give you a couple uh, announcements, updates on a few things. This week, tomorrow, Monday, is our normal prayer night here at the church at 7 o'clock. We'd love for you to, to be there uh, and join us for that. Friday, May 5th, youth is here at the church, uh, and I'm running youth, so it could be anything. So be prepared. It's going to be good. Um, coming out of retirement for one night only, so it'll be, it'll be fun. Sunday, May 7th, a uh, week from today, we have a newcomer's lunch here at the church just after the service. So if you haven't been to a newcomer's lunch, if you're fairly new to the church, we would love for you to join us for that. There'll be myself and a few elders, uh, and we would just like to answer any questions about the church, fill you in a little bit more information about the ministry of the church, um, what we believe, things like that. So if you haven't been to one or if you're interested in ways to connect, we'd love for you to be part of that and join us for that. There's a few other things coming up that are in the bulletin as well we'd love for you to turn your attention to. Um, we're looking forward to, to the weather getting nicer and being able to, to get into some, some different things throughout the summer and things like that. Um, this morning I'm going to dismiss our children because they have full kids church this morning. So kids, you guys can head back. Have a great time. We're going to pray for you guys as you go. I'm going to invite the rest of you guys to stand with me as we continue our worship. I'm going to read from Psalm 98 and then I'll open the service in prayer. And we'll let Marty continue to lead us this morning. This is what it says, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, burst in jubilant song and music. Make music to the Lord with the harp with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord. Let's pray this morning and then let's worship. Father, we thank you uh, this morning that we can come and gather in this place. We pray that you would Um, Just bless this time as we sing together, as we worship. Father, we pray that uh, you would just be honored and glorified in our time together and that you would be a unity in this place as we sing praises to you. Father, we pray for our children as they go. We pray that you would bless them, use their teachers um, and their leaders to plant seeds in, in their lives as well. And as Marty leads us, we just pray that your spirit would fill this place and that we would glorify and honor you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Brett's trying to dismiss his (laughs) father-in-law. I want to read a few verses, and I guess you can stand for this announcement. (laughs) But uh, I want to read a few verses from 2 Peter. Peter says, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them. And he goes on to say, I think it right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. 
And Peter doesn't apologize for reminding us of some really important things. Maybe my reminder this morning isn't quite as important as the biblical Peter's reminder, but it's pretty important in the life of our church. We want to put together a document summarizing where the church is currently at, and I want to remind you to complete a church survey to help us do that. Thank you for all of you that have already done it. And if you have not, I'm going to let the most outwardly enthusiastic member of our assessment team give you some further instructions and encouragement. We're all really excited about the survey. <laughs> um, we, it's a very interesting way for us to be able to hear from all of you. And I think that's the part that's so exciting is we can just have your answers to the questions and just see where the whole church is at. So our surveys are not just for members. Um, If you attend here regularly and you feel like this is your church home, we want to hear from you. Um, If you are a teen or a young adult who feels like this is your church home, you might not be able to answer all the questions or you might not feel comfortable doing that, we want you to answer as many as you can because we still want to hear from you because you guys are important to the church too. Um, As of this morning, we have about 45 surveys back, which means we've probably only heard from about this section right here of amount of people, (laughs) Um, which is great, and we're very thankful you guys have been filling them out. We want to hear from as many of you as we can. The church isn't just 45 people. We want to make sure our report is based on our whole congregation as best we can. So there are two ways you can fill out the survey. There is a paper one at the back on the welcome desk, and there's a box where you can put it in um, once you filled it out. There's also an online survey that's available on our website. Um, And if you have any questions, just let Peter or myself know, um, Jolene Levart, Caleb, um, Michael Davey, um, Pastor Ed, Marilyn Seneker, we're all on the assessment team. We can answer any questions. The deadline is tomorrow. So if you have your survey filled out, please bring it back to either today, just pop it in that box, or tomorrow, um, or fill it out online if you can. Um, We'd love to get just as many as we can so that we can make a full report of the picture of what our church is like. Thank you. Now we'll pass it on to Marty. Some bright morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home that on the celestial shore.
too and I read the same passage last month I just noticed that in my notes I knew I'd done it recently but didn't realize it was last month but it just seems so fitting for our next song so if there's any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love any participation in the spirit any affection and sympathy complete my joy by being of the same mind having the same love being in full accord of one of one mind Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Look each of you not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father.
Faithful, you are faithful. 
I know who stands behind The God of angel armies Is always by my side The one who reigns forever He is a friend of mine The God of angel armies Is always by my side I know who goes before me I know who stands behind The God of angel armies is always by my side The one who reigns forever He is a friend of mine The God of angel armies Is always by my side The God of angel armies Is always by my side cry out to worship whose glory taught the stars to shine perhaps creation longed to have the words to sing but this joy is mine With a thousand hallelujahs, we magnify your name. You alone deserve the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more. Who else would die for our redemption? Whose resurrection means our rise? There isn't time enough to sing of all you've done. But I have eternity to try. With a thousand hallelujahs, we magnify your name. You alone deserve the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more. King of heaven, praise 
song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more. Praise to the song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more. Please be seated. Thank you, worship team. Wow, do you believe that? That that's how great our God is. We could give him a thousand hallelujahs and it just wouldn't be enough. Um, it's my desire, my hope for you today that that, that, that that spot in your heart, you know, like where you sometimes run into the things that are just unexplainable, it is opening up a bit this morning. That, that through the songs and through our conversation this morning and through communion, do you have a chance to connect with the God who made everything? He's so aware of you and your situation, and he cares about you. As was mentioned, my name's Darren. I, this is my wife, Shauna, and uh, we're the Blinkens. <laughs> some of them, some of them. And uh, we're, we're here to say thank you to you as a church. Uh, you might not know this, but your church has been supporting us as we have been overseas in Thailand the last two years. And uh, it's been a bit of an adventure for us. I think the last time we were here was kind of pre-COVID, maybe about three years ago. And uh, it was mentioned that I was on staff here. And, and for those that go way back in this church, um, I was here in 86 as a little boy. And uh, my family was part of this church. And uh, we moved to Lethbridge about 92, I think it was. And uh, then I came back on staff when Pastor Ron was here. 
Uh, but my wife, she grew up here in Tabor. Hi. Um, yes, I grew up here. And I'm, it's so cool to be back because um, I just honestly like, just feel so much gratefulness for this church body. Um, I grew up in Tabor, and um, anyways, long story short, um, kind of half of my family attended here, but I feel like this church really helped raise me in my faith and um, just gave me and my friends um, so much um, encouragement and trust um, in building us up when we were teenagers. And, uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you. And I echo that. Um, this church took a, a risk on me when I was a young man and just said that they'd give me an opportunity to serve. And uh, um, you, your church, if you're new here at this church, this church has a great legacy. And uh, it's so great to be back here. So what have we been up to the past two years? Well, we arrived in Thailand um, April 1st, 2021. And uh, we had to do the quarantine time. And then after that time, we flew to Chiang Mai, which is in northern Thailand. And we served there and uh, in a city of about a million people, a little more crowded. I like to think of it as uh, driving around there would be like driving around in Calgary, but um, there's a whole bunch more scooters. Like, just imagine scooters everywhere. And uh, when you're driving anywhere, um, someone else could be doing whatever they want, like coming towards you in, in your lane, and, and everyone's cool with it. No, no big deal. No one honks. We continued on with homeschooling uh, most of our kids, and we got enrolled uh, in a home or a school, sorry, a homeschool co-op. Uh, we continued our language lessons that we were involved in, and uh, then we got involved with what we came to do, was which was called a MSG group or modular study group. And uh, essentially, what this is is uh, it's a school model to help missionary families who are out in the, the front lines where education options are, are running short and uh, the families need extra support. And so the parents will send their kids to like an urban center where a center is like where we were in Chiang Mai. And the kids for one week out of the month would hang out with their teachers, but also with each other and, and get a lot of, of their social needs met. Um, and then they would go back for the other three weeks of the month and do their studies and they could communicate with their teachers online and uh, come back. And so we were involved with running the dorm for that program. And yeah, so I just wanted to explain that a little bit more. So what that looked like for us was um, really discipleship um, with teenagers and um, just also encouraging them, I guess, in their relationships with each other. And to um, these are really unique kids because... Um, they have seen so much of the world, and um, God has given their parents a real passion and desire for something um, to reach a certain group of people. And so for some of these kids, they feel like they're really a part of that and a part of the team um, of their family. And for some, they probably feel like they're just kind of along for the ride. Um, but they're just amazing people, and it was um, a real privilege for us to get to know them um, and just hear their stories and their hearts. And um, yeah, so we saw, um, this is, they're called TCKs, which is third culture kids, um, because they don't really fit in in their passport country anymore. And they don't necessarily completely fit in with Thailand, although a lot of them identify a lot more as 
being kind of Thai because they've grown up there. Um, so they're this third culture where um, home is kind of an elusive thing for them. Um, but we learned so much from them, and we really kind of saw them as our um, people group. Uh, when people would ask, you know, you're going to Thailand, are the Thai people your people group? Well, yes, we got lots of opportunities to be able to meet Thai people, but our language was not really good enough to do much more than, like, order food or coffee, um, get around a little bit. So, really, these um, kids were our people group, and um, we've become really passionate about uh, what God is doing in their lives and that he's really, you know, they're not just there by coincidence but that he has his hand on their lives and their futures too. We also got involved with uh, our church that we we're part of, with the junior high ministry, and also with our homeschool group, uh, working with the teenagers specifically. Um, and there's about 50 teenagers there, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. And, and God really, um, I felt like he, he really blessed us. Like, we, we got to do what we came to do, which I, I think is not often the case when you, when you go to missions. Or when you say to God, hey, God, here's what I want to do. And you, through prayer and discernment, you, you kind of make a list. But, but at the end of the day, when you can go and you can check that off, the, the God of everything has been using you, and, and you got to see that. It's incredible. Um, what did we learn? Well, this is a tough answer. We experienced many new things. We went through some of the hardest experiences in our lives. From moving around the world and having a third of our luggage stolen, we had medical emergencies for the kids the stresses of living and not understanding the culture. And, and for me personally, wow, my, my eyes were really open. When, when someone moves to Canada, even if they move from like South Africa or England, I've had friends do this or, or who have become my friends. And, and I just think, well, you're here in Canada. You speak the language. It must be so easy for you. And I can't believe how naive I was. When, when someone comes across culture and lives in a new culture, um, Man, my eyes have really been open to that transition. Uh, I remember one evening trying to get a hold of the restaurant. The app wasn't working, and it's like it says to call them. And I can't call them because how they write a phone number and how you dial a phone number were two different things, and you kind of think it would just be universal knowledge. But we also had very many, many meaningful experiences. God is opening doors uh, outside of our job, job description, like I said, and we've got a chance to work with many young people. We saw the beauty in the culture of the Thai people that God created, that he made. We left Thailand with the vision to do things of encouraging missionaries in a practical way. And we really feel like we got to do that. Yeah, we're still processing what we learned. We arrived back in Canada Second, April 2nd, um, and we've just been kind of like, we're still essentially living out of our suitcases and kind of haven't moved in somewhere permanent yet, um, and I think we're probably going to be processing it for a long time, um, but God is good, and we did experience his faithfulness every day. Um, we saw his protection constantly as we went about living. Um, it Thailand really helped me get in the habit of, like, praying as soon as I start driving in the car anywhere. Um, many situations where I'm like, wow, like, I could have died there and there and there, you know. Um, so we also appreciate um, anybody who was praying for us here because um, 
yeah, I don't know. We just, it was very difficult. And so um, a lot of days we were just relying on those prayers and probably kind of holding on by a thread um, with those prayers being that thread probably. Um, But we did live in a way, and this was really cool, getting to see what God was doing all around us. Because when you're that dependent on God, and a lot of you guys have experienced this in different um, struggles or hardships that you've gone through, um, sometimes there's just really something sweet about just hanging on to him. And and we did see him come through for us um, and do things through us, even when we didn't really have anything we felt to offer. So the now what? Like we mentioned, uh, we're still processing and prayerfully discerning what God has in store. Uh, believe it or not, uh, we are moving to foremost. Yes. <laughs> uh, we, we got a house to rent there. Uh, we have some family connections. And, and actually during the pandemic, when, when we actually didn't have a place, we had already sold everything and we're waiting to get into the country. Uh, the church there had a house for us and, and took us in and we were kind of like, we left there last from Canada, and in our hearts, we're kind of like, we're going to come back here. Um, so looking for work, but just trusting God that, that he'll go before us. And I feel like God is actually moving into a season of sort of rest and restoration. Uh, we also saw that there's a strong need uh, for intentional ministry to see to TCKs or third culture kids or MKs. Uh, especially the teenagers. And we're just asking God, how can we continue in that? What we don't know, but we're just trusting him as he guides and leads us. I would just say, yeah, we're open to what God wants to do through us. Um, Definitely um, not boring following God with your life. Um, It's quite an adventure. And so for any young people who are like, you know, I just want to do something that's like a big adventure. Um, we want to encourage you that, okay, two things, I think. Uh, one thing is, like Darren would say, if you want to ride a motorbike through the jungle and, like, it's just um, you want a real adventure, like, you can do that and follow Jesus. Um, the other thing I want to encourage you with is I think just growing up, I didn't know a lot of missionaries. I kind of knew a few um, who would come back and talk at our church, but um, I kind of thought you had to be like certain professions to do missions. You don't. Like anything that you do that God, um, that's your profession or that you're passionate about, you can do that and serve in missions. Um, And I think my eyes were very much opened to that, especially now kind of in the world that we um, live in. We met tech people over there serving in missions, um, youth workers, child workers, like anything, anything. Um, And so... Please don't think um, that could never be something I could do. You know, um, I'm an accountant or um, I'm an administrative person. No, you can. And it's needed there too. So, um, yeah, just want to encourage you to. And you might be hearing like a little undertone in our story. This was like so hard. Um, And it was. But I think um, one conclusion we've come to in our processing is that we would say probably, yes, this is the hardest thing we've ever done. And you should do it. So, Thank you. Um, I want to uh, take a moment also to further encourage you in, in your own personal journey where God is working on your own life. I, you can probably tell I, I really like adventure and I love a big story. 
like 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 those movies that are epic and that just draw you in and you can spend hours and there's this whole world of imagination that that pulls you in um and i don't know if you've ever taken time to read a book books can do that too and it goes much deeper and i'm not like a deep reader or a mega reader but i have found reading books especially books of adventure is a great way to hang out with my kids and, and draw them in to this world that exists in our imaginations. And it's been a blessing. Uh, one of the fun ones that we've done is called the Wingfeather Saga. It's uh, by Andrew Peterson. And we read that and we went through it and we still talk about it now. Um, and, and as I read it with my kids, I get to these points where like, like, like my emotions are filled like right to the full. Like, like I'm, I'm like in it with the adventure that's going on. And sometimes my, my eyes fill up with tears and, and my kids have to wait for me to read the next line because I can't get it out of my mouth. And, and, and they're like, Dad, just, just say the line. Just say the line, Dad. You, you can do it, Dad. I'm like, but it's so good. And it's, it's like you guys, you know, it's just so good. And, uh, but they're good. And, and my kids are encouraging me in that. And, and I don't know if you think of it this way too, but our faith, is also a story. It's a story. It's a testimony. It's a testimony to those around us of what God is doing, has been doing, is doing, and is going to be doing. And it's a testimony to the believers and to the unbelievers. And God is using you and working in you right now. And it's exciting. And, and it's something that we get to pass on and, and, and to our kids and in Moses, when he instructed the Israelites, he, he brought it up, you know, he's like, hey, wh- when you're walking around, make a pile of rocks, you know, or, yeah. when you cross the Jordan River, right, make, make a pile of rocks, or when you have these things, make a pile of rocks, and they're kind of like, why? Like, why would you make these rocks here, like just a pile of rocks? And he's like, to serve as reminders of God's faithfulness, of what he's done right now, so that when you're walking with your kids, and your kids go, you know, we're, we're like in this field and there's like this pile of rocks just right. Like, that's weird. Dad, why, why are these rocks here? And, and you go, that's a great question. Let me tell you about it. This one time we needed God and he showed up. He really showed up. And, and it wasn't me. It was like my grandpa, 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 you know. But he showed up and it's real. And after that happened, they put these rocks here to serve as a reminder. I hope in your own life, in, in your own homes, you have things up. You have verses on the wall. or You have these moments when you're driving along and something happens. And, and it, you're reminded and you say, hey, 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 kids, listen up. I don't know if I've told you this story. And they'll probably, they'll probably go, actually, yeah, you've, you've told it like every time we drive past this building, Dad. And you're like, that's okay. I'm going to tell it again because you need to pass this on. Truthfully, one of my desires has always been to live my faith, to live my life in a way that people see it. Like, like, so that if someone comes and hangs out with me, whether they're young or they're old, and, and we go for coffee and we go hang out, and I'm like, hey, I have to go do these errands, why don't you come along with me? That, that they see that God has to be real. Now, not because I'm crazy or I don't have a plan or anything like that, but because I'm depending on God, that God shows up. Makes me think of Emmanuel, God with us. Now, now, just a little disclaimer. I, I'm not saying that you just need to be like me. We need another Darren. 
I, I think it's important that there's not a whole bunch of me around because I don't think everyone can handle it. But I, I remember, see, Kevin, Kevin laughed. He, he, he knows me. Um, I remember this one time where we were moving from this one community. And, and like, I had grown up moving a lot. And, uh, and I remember... Um, we knew that God was calling us to move on and to go. And I remember looking over at John, and John was a plumber, and, and, and he had a stable job, and, and he, he was, like, involved. He was doing, he was loving people. And I looked at John, and I was just like, John's probably going to be here his whole life. And I was just like, man, I, I wish I could be like John. I wanted to be John. And, and, and I remember God saying to me, he's like, Darren, I, I don't need another John. John's doing what he's I've asked him to do. I need you to do what I've asked you to do. So it's important that we don't look at each other's stories and, and we go, man, I wish I was just like, I want that, you know. But, but rather we say, I see God's working. I, I hear your testimony and, and I see it and it's encouraging me. And I want to press on and live my faith in such a way. And sometimes, though, we, we, we also will say, I just want to do the big things. Like, like give me something big, God. And we might even put disclaimers to God, and we might say, God, you know, when I get a little bit older, when I get some of my stuff figured out, I, I, I'm going to be ready for you. Or, or, or God, if, if you just give me that, that job with the big paycheck, or you figure out all my other things, then, then I'm going to be ready, and I can make an impact for you, God. You, you can turn to Luke 22. We're not going to stay there. We're going to go to Titus 2. But, but Luke 22, there's an interesting thing going on in, in Peter's life. This is the, the night of the passion when, when Jesus was betrayed. And you might remember Jesus hung out with his disciples beforehand and, and he encouraged them and, and, and he gave, broke the bread and he had the wine. And he was like saying, there's going to be a new covenant. This is, this is my body. He's like, this is the cup. This is, represents my blood. And they're kind of like sitting there like, this is, I don't understand. And they go to the garden, and Jesus is like, let's pray. And he's saying to Peter, come on, Peter, you don't know what's going on. You need to pray. And Peter's like, I brought my sword. I am so ready. Right? Do you remember that? He, 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 he brought his sword. Sounds like, sounds like, like I want to do something big. And Jesus is like, no, Peter, I, I want you to pray. And, and I think we would say, that's something little. And course we know what happens and Peter gets or Jesus gets arrested and and Peter breaks with the sword and he attacks and, and Jesus says not now this isn't how it's supposed to go down right and then later around a fire Peter's sitting there sitting around a fire scripture says like like a one of the servant girls comes over a, a girl a teenager just says man aren't you one of the disciples like aren't you one of his friends aren't you with him Little question, little person. It's like, no, I'm, <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I'm not, I, yeah, no. Not once, but three times. I don't know why it's, why we're wired like that, but I know I'm not alone in, in thinking that I'd probably be like Peter. I'd probably want to do the big things and, and not really be faithful at the little things. 
you can turn to Titus chapter 2. Um, I'd like us to, to spend some time there reading it together. If, you, if you're not familiar with Titus, uh, one commentary talks about how it's, it's like we, we got this church planter, Titus, and uh, um, we got this pastoral letter from Paul. And Paul has written it to encourage Titus in the job and assignment that he has. And Paul instructs Titus to complete this assignment of establishing overseers or elders for the church under his care. He, he describes what sort of people that these leaders should be. And he talks about how all believers should live in relationship with each other, as well as their interactions with non-believers, bringing salvation for all people of what Christ has done. And Paul probably wrote this near the end of his life in 60 AD. Now, um, if you have your your Bibles, we're going to read this. And um, we're going to do something, maybe, I don't know if there's a button for you or uncomfortable, but I'm going to ask you to shout out answers. Are we okay with that? Okay. Uh, and I'm not going to, like, correct you or say, oh, that was silly, <laughs> you know. Uh, we're all on the same team here, okay. But but there's these different groups, okay. There's the the older men, older women, younger women, younger men, okay. And, and we're going to notice a theme in all of them, but let's just look at, what the scripture says about each of them individually, okay? Um, Starting verse 2. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that could not be condemned, so that an opponent may not be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bond servants, are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, which is like stealing, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Okay, this is your turn now. We just read this together. It's, it's kind of fresh. Well, what are some of the things that uh, Paul is asking Titus so it's like, hey, let's encourage these older men. What are some of the things that, that were said? Self-control. Patience. Love. Kindness. Thank you. Uh, older women. That's right. Thank you. Teachers, yeah. Kind. Okay, not gossiping. Helping husbands, okay. What was that? Yeah, yeah, mentoring, thank you. Okay, let's talk about younger women. Maybe just before we get into it, um, 
You have to remember the culture here. It's written to the Greek culture. At this time, the younger women were encouraged to be involved in their homes and the domestic roles. And uh, I'm not going to dive further into that. So if you have questions, talk to Pastor Brett after the service. But uh, there's some things that were said to the younger women. What was said? Live wisely. Love their husbands. Self-control. Patience. Okay, younger men. Do you want to say it again, Emery? Self-control. Thank you, sir. Integrity. Model of good works. Sounds good, hey? Like, I mean, a lot of the things they say to each of them, I'm like, kind of like, that, that, that could work for me. Um, there's, a, there's definitely a common theme. Um, but before we get into the last one of slaves and bond servants, and, and, and remember the, the economics were different back then, and, and like a bond servant, like that, that was like your job. Like it's like, I'm going to go work for you, you know, or like... Um, this isn't the same kind of slavery that we think of, and I'm not trying to make excuses for this culture or whatever, but rather what I'm saying is um, a lot of us maybe feel like we're slaves to our job or to our bosses, and I think what it's, he's going to say here to the bond servants, I, I think can be said to those of us who go out and work. What were some of the things that was said to the bond servants? Honesty, faithfulness, obedience, not disrespectful. Yeah, these, these are all uh, amazing challenges, I think, for us in, in our careers and, and with the people that we work with. Because there's, there's like this overarching theme where there's concern in these instructions, and, and it's for believers to have self-control and godliness in their household and in their church and where they work. And, and I think it's important because when people go, they, they say to you, they say, hey, why, why are you like that? Or like, I, I, I see you're going through stuff, but how you're handling it is different. Or uh, my brother has the same diagnosis as you and, and, it, and, and how you're handling it is completely different. And, and it's not so that then in those moments when people ask questions like that, that, that rather we go, well, hey, I mean, the Bible says I'm supposed to be like this, so I'm like this. Like, I just do it. I'm just really good at it. it. It's not about us. If we turn back to the text, if we go back to verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. It, it's not because we're, we're good or we're special or we're different. It's because of what Christ has done and what he had accomplished on the cross that we can actually have the ability to say, I, I'm not going to choose this. I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to laugh at this. This situation that I'm going through right now is so hard. 
and, and I am struggling and, and I want to give up. But I look to God and I, and I say, wow, there's hope. There's hope. I'm not stuck here in this situation. This life isn't the life that we're living for. Verse 13, we're waiting for our blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for us to redeem us from the lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Guys, Jesus came. It's real. And he has made the difference. He has made a way for me, a way for you to be different. So whether you're, you're still struggling with the sin that you've been struggling with, don't lose hope. You wake up every morning and you go, I'm not going to choose this. Whether the, the job you're going to is just so hard, so difficult, I mean, don't lose hope. Be, be, be someone of self-control. Be someone that is a Christ follower in that situation. Maybe you just have a physical struggle. God knows. He hasn't forgotten you. And now I'm not going to say that you should just probably handle this by yourself. But part of the great thing of following Jesus is that when we commit our lives to him, when we say we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, and we are part of one family. And, and I look in this room and I see brothers and sisters. And then I look at your church and I look online and I see the options and I see the prayer. I mean, there, there's opportunities for you to get involved, to, to find community. And, and you might be like, well, Darren, I've, I've grown up here. I've been here this whole time. I'm a John, Darren. They, they all know me, you know. And, and they, I keep coming back and saying I'm sorry or whatever. And it's like... It's okay. It's supposed to be like that. And, and if you're thinking they're better than you, you're not understanding the text. We're, we're all in the same playing field. We're, we're all at the foot of the cross. We're, we're all there. There's no one that has an advantage because of their family or their job or because their struggles are different. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus so just as I wrap this up, I, what, what, do I, what do I want to give you this morning? Well, well, it's simple. I want to encourage you to be faithful. Obey God in the little things. Because what you sow, you reap. God's kingdom is, is so upside down. I can't believe that he's used me it's like over two decades of working with young people. And he continues to, as I look at my own kids and, and I hear their encouragement and their struggles and man, it's so much easier with someone else's kids. But I wouldn't trade it. Lastly, you are part of a movement. If you're a follower of Jesus, he has plans for you. He can use you where you are right now. And, well, actually, I, I think he already is using you. You just need to open your eyes to, to see it and, and experience it. 
there's this book series that I read with my kids. It's called The Bark of the Bog Owl. And, and in it, there's like this, this little boy who, um, kind of like a, a David, King David story, where he's the youngest and like the weakest and the smallest in his family. And, and in the story, it, it, he had someone come and visit and, and, and basically sort of pronounce that he, he's going to be the next king. And he's going to be the one who's going to lead his people. And, and, and he's just sitting there and he's like, how? How do I do this? And, and the old prophet says to him, says, live the life that unfolds before you. Love goodness more than you fear evil. Guys, I'm not saying that you all need to sell everything and to move to another country and do something like that. I, I would ask you to consider it. But... Where you are right now, live the life that unfolds before you. Love goodness more than you fear evil. And in Titus, the passage we just read, the message puts verses 11 to 14 this way. God's readiness to give and forgive is now public. Salvation is available for everyone. We're being shown how to turn our backs on on a godless, indulgent life. And how to take a God-filled, God-honoring life. This new life is starting right now. And it's wetting our appetites for the glorious day when our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, appears. He offered himself as a sacrifice to free us from a dark, rebellious, rebellious life into a good, pure life. Making us a people he can be proud of, energetic in goodness. The worship team or Brett could come back. I'm going to invite the the worship team to come. Um, Darren, thanks so much. It's great to have you here to share with us. Same with you, Shauna. It's awesome to have you guys here. Um, for some of us, it's, it's always crazy when Darren's here because he was our youth pastor and that makes us old. So um, Darren just seems to like never age, which is just not fair. Um, so it has the same amount of energy he did when, 20 years ago when he was my youth pastor. So it's great to have you guys. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for, thanks for your heart. Um, this morning as we close our service, we want to spend some time around the Lord's Supper. And uh, I just want to encourage you guys, uh, in light of what... what what Darren shared too this morning of like, what, what could God be, be calling you to? Here's the thing. When we come to the Lord's Supper, it's a remembrance of all that Jesus did for us. It's we're remembering his sacrifice, his blood shed for us, for our freedom from our sins. Without that, we're not called into things. We're not called out to do stuff. Without that sacrifice, there's no purpose for us. And so in that sacrifice, there's this glorious purpose for you and I. And so we certainly remember that sacrifice and remember that brokenness for our sake. But out of that, there's this freedom and this purpose in our lives. And so we want to encourage you um, this morning to really reflect on that, take some time. Marty and the team are going to play. As they play, we're going to invite you up to the table to grab the elements. We'd ask you to take those elements and to um, sit at your seat with them. We'll partake together. A couple elders will come up and pray uh, for those specific elements. Um, and so we would encourage you to join us. Um, communion is for believers only. And so if, if you haven't made that decision, if you're not really sure about Jesus, 
it's okay to just sit and listen to the music. If you have questions about that, there's elders here, myself. We would love to have conversations with you about where you're at with, with Christ, but also about communion, things like that. But um, if this isn't for you, it's okay. Um, you're, not, you're not unwelcome or anything. Just, just, just relax where you are and, and enjoy the music. Um, but if you have given your life to the Lord, we'd invite you to, to come to the table, table now.
provide for me all the blood of Jesus washes me all the blood of Jesus shed for me what a sacrifice that saved my life is the blood and is my victory what a sacrifice that saved my life yes the blood it is my victory 